Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. The season of Lent rolls around each year, and it's interesting to observe the various attitudes that crop up. (laughs) The same person might have a different attitude this year than they did last year. Maybe they'll have a different attitude next year, but I think you know what we're talking about. We can approach Lent in a different frame of mind from year to year. We're five days in. How's it going? (laughs) I mean, has the devil come at you yet? Have you passed your first test? You realize you've already had some tests. I know you've had some tests because today is daylight savings time. And there were not nearly as many people at Lodz this morning as there normally are. I'm not judging you. That's for you to decide. But maybe that was your first test. Maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, there's all kinds of ways that we come at Lent year from year. Facing the next six weeks of penitence, ascesis, spiritual warfare. I hope you noticed our proper before the gospel lesson from Psalm 91, especially in the light of our gospel today. We are in a spiritual warfare. Well, of all these different attitudes, some that you might recognize, some, some people just don't value Lent at all, you know, just whatever, <laughs> apathetic, could take it or leave it. There are those, though, And I I know this might be hard to believe. There are those who actually come to Lent with a rather uh, negative attitude. No one here, of course. But but they they do. There are some. Have a little bit of a negativity. Here we go again. Another dreary, dour season of gloomy glum. Slogging through the next six weeks. Trying to earn my salvation by starving myself to the tune of mournful music. That's some. Like I said, nobody here. Nobody ever does that here. There are those in the middle, maybe, those who believe that Lent probably is a good thing, but they haven't really figured out how to find the joy in it. They remain somewhat ambivalent. They're a little tense, not overly excited, but reluctantly willing to get through it the best they can, and then really, really glad when it's over. There are others who are completely convinced that having a great and holy Lent would be awesome. But they're struggling to embrace it because that means dealing with some besetting sins that they are not yet ready or willing to face. (laughs) And that's probably a rather large segment of the population, like maybe all of us (laughs) or most of us at some level. I am happy to report that I have heard numerous people express a very different attitude already in the last few days. Now, out of respect for a great man and men and women of valor, I'm going to call it the Beamer attitude. On September 11, 2001, Todd Beamer was faced by the devil on Flight 93, who had come to kill and destroy them all. 
What was Beamer's attitude? We all know the story, and well, most of us know the story. Maybe that's a long time ago, actually. It seems like yesterday, so maybe you don't know the story. What was Beamer's attitude? I'm not going to tell the whole story because it takes too long in my service, so go home and look it up and read it. Did he go to sleep hoping the whole thing would just go away? Did he sit in his seat, sulk, bemoan his fate? Did he get angry and resentful that he had been dealt such a terrible hand? One of the most special things we possess is the recording from that flight. It's really a gift. That recording, and we know from that recording that he and many others came together and they prayed the Lord's Prayer and they prayed Psalm 23 and they resolved to fight back. And Beamer's last words were, are you ready? Okay, let's roll. That's the attitude I like to see as we face the feet of Lent. And that's the attitude, quite frankly, and I'm so glad and proud to tell you that many have expressed to me in recent days. So many are ready and hopeful and excited to endure this season of penitence, fasting, prayer, sacrificial giving, because they want more from God. They want more of God. And they believe that by doing these things in faith and humility, that they will get what they want. So they face it with courage and enthusiasm and a holy zeal. Now, you may be wondering how this all ties in with the gospel. None of this is biblical exegesis, but it does all have to do with our gospel lesson this morning. To kick off the season of Lent, our mother of the church has appointed this story of Jesus going into the desert to fight with the devil. This story, along with the prayers and readings from Ash Wednesday, really need to form our attitude as we begin this feat. And by the way, as you learn how to face the season of Lent with this attitude, you're really learning how to face your whole life with the same attitude, because this is just a microcosm of your life. Jesus had just been baptized by John and Jordan, right before he's taken out into the wilderness. The Father's voice thundered heavenly approval of the Son of Man. The descent of the powerful and majestic spirit rests upon him, and his humanity is being approved and literally caught up into the triune Godhead. It's a glorious event, but it's also the beginning of his trek to Golgotha. The glory of the manifestation at Jordan was at the same moment for Christ his death sentence. He was being sent off to be betrayed, beaten, to die a horrible, horrible death. I'll just point out that to be a disciple of Jesus means to be a follower of Jesus. We follow him. <laughs> he did not do what he did so that we wouldn't have to. He did what he did so that we could do what he did. So we have his glorious baptism, the heavens are open, light pouring out, then what? He is immediately driven into the wasteland to fight with the devil. St. Mark says in his account that that sweet and gentle and comforting spirit drives him into the wilderness. He goes forth with great force to fight the devil. He does not saunter into the battle. No, he goes like William Wallace. He's driven into the battle. 
Now, the Spirit didn't need to drive Jesus to his work. It wasn't that Jesus needed driven. That's not the point. That's not the point of the language here. Jesus wasn't hesitant or unwilling or afraid or distracted by his, you know, furniture business. All the orders that had been coming into the carpentry shop. No, Jesus' will and the Spirit and the Father's are all one. The Spirit filled the God-man as he went to his feet, filled him with courage and power and a holy zeal to accomplish what had been set before him, the work and the will that the Father had sent him to do. So he went out into the wasteland. He went out to destroy the devil, which would mean, which would mean his own suffering and death. And he did this for one reason, and that is his love for us. That's why he did it, because he loves us. What we are called to do in Lent is really no different than what we're supposed to be doing every day of our lives. But we are weak, and we need props. And so we get these seasons of grace, which is mentioned in our collect this morning. We get these seasons of grace and communal intentions to help us muster the courage to do what we need to be doing all along, and we should thank God for that. So here we are. Here we are beginning this holy season of Lent. Maybe you don't want to be here. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have no choice about that. Uh, you may think you have a choice. You may think, well, I can get up and leave right now. I can just walk out of the church and do what I want. Well, leaving the church or checking out or ignoring the preacher is not going to change a thing for you. It's not going to change a thing for you. You can't make yourself go away and disappear. You are here. You exist. You exist because God decided you would exist. Because God in his love, in his gratuitous and ecstatic love, decided that you would exist. Your choice is either to receive that gift and joy and gratitude or be resentful about it. But the one thing you can't do is you can't undo it. Along with that, there is maybe that regretful problem of the one who sold you into bondage, which you had nothing to do with either. The one who sold you into bondage and then the other ones who are trying to kill you, literally trying to kill you, that's going on too, and you can't do anything about that either. You can sulk. Or you can stand up and fight. Those are your choices. It's not going to change. So it's best that we just get on with it. And there's no help in being pitiful. None whatsoever. As soon as we sit down and just, you know, cry in our drink and sulk, God just folds his arms immediately. That's his immediate response is to fold his arms and sit and wait until we're done. That doesn't move him at all. There's no help for the pitiful, but to those who have faith. Jesus said something rather harsh. To him who has, more shall be given. But to him who does not have, because he is sulking about the fact that he doesn't have anything, even what he has shall be taken away. That sounds a little harsh. Well, it's not vindictive. Christ is not harsh. It's just reflective of reality. He's trying to tell us it can be no other way. He's giving us a warning. The one who may sound harsh is the one who took all harshness upon himself for our sake. He's not being harsh. He's trying to save us. But he can't make us do what we need to do to be happy and free.
So what is our attitude as we charge off into this holy season of Lent? Are we like our elder brother Christ, driven into the wilderness by the Spirit to fight the devil with fasting, penitence, prayer, sacrifice? Every day in Lauds, we sang it this morning, I love verse 6 of Psalm 149. Let the praises of God be in their mouth and a double-edged sword in their hands. I love that. That's my kind of spirituality. We can face the feet like Jesus did because we believe, because we have faith, because we know God and we have hope. He endured the shame for the joy that awaited him on the other side of the cross. And we can go encouraged because that joy is ours if we do. Now, attitude is not everything. This is a little sort of reprieve for those of us who are struggling with our attitude. Uh, Attitude is not everything. I mean, you can obey in faith and have a terrible attitude. You can do that, and there is merit in that. You still get points for that. So if you can't muster up a good attitude, you're not lost. Still obey in faith. You know, I mean, anyway, I'll stop with that. But at any rate, but it's not very smart. I mean, you would be much happier if you would straighten out your attitude because there's great joy in the fight. There's thrill and joy. And it just makes a lot more sense to have a good attitude. Let's go back to the baptism in closing. Jesus is coming up out of the water, and the heavens are opened, and the Father's voice thunders his approval, and the Spirit descends upon the Son, and the Spirit asks the Son, are you ready? Are you ready? He asks us, okay, let's roll. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.